It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We know we now go right back to our uh, line because Showtime Sean Porter is with us. I know. I what up, Sean? Look at that. Just, I was like, is that Tim Couch? It is Tim Couch, yeah. <laughs> you guys got some great guests. Not, I'm not talking about me. Tim is... <laughs> Tim is he, I mean, like, in... He wasn't that successful with the Browns, but he's still kind of a legend yep. for yeah. Browns fans. Absolutely. Somehow, some way, like he's kind of in our hearts, you know? Shaw, I think he took more hits than you took in the in the boxing ring, man. He got the crap beat out of him. <laughs> I, that's, that's possible. That's possible. <laughs> At, Sean, we got, there's a lot to get to. First of all, we were just showing the video of, I don't know if you saw it there, but Miles Garrett, Duncan, like Miles Garrett is the absurd freak athlete and he's getting way above the rim on those dunks i mean it's like crazy what is your best sport and there's miles garrett i mean that's just ridiculous the guy is like a 280 pound defensive lineman we uh we do my podcast the portaway podcast we do it at the wind and he walked by the the studio like two or three times and we said what's up and all that kind of stuff weren't able to get him in but i had the thought like What's he doing here during summer league? Is he just here vacationing? No, my dude is out there trying to play some NBA basketball. And there's no secret that Miles Garrett is one of the best athletes in the NFL right now. And, you know, I think he displayed his his NBA talent Mm. or basketball talent during the NBA uh, All-Star game. And then you've seen it now. He's he's basically like, put me in with these guys. I don't know if I can run with, with, with with the big guys, but I can definitely run with these guys. For me, it was football. Uh, I grew up playing football and, and boxing, and then I'm an overall athlete as well. So I picked up a basketball late, and I hold true to my heart. If I had picked up a basketball any sooner than high school, yeah, I might have played uh, a different sport as a professional athlete. So, um, But, yeah, for, for Miles, there's no no telling what he can do on, on the NBA court. Well, I'll tell you what. I, when you talk about – like football and, and, and obviously you, you being a, you know, a world-class boxer. I, I think the, the level between a regular civilian and a boxer is the highest level in the, like in the world. Like some people, some guys walking down the street can play basketball. Some guys that play football in high school, but when you talk yeah. about putting them gloves on, like y'all can't even listen. I'm telling you, y'all can't even touch regular people. Oh my god! Like if you, if you gotta you, see it in person as a fan to know how scary it is. And like I'm telling you, like people say, hey, if you hit me, I'm suing everybody. Like you, <laughs> so you, I'm suing the, uh, the hospital. <laughs> here's the here's the interesting thing, and and I know that this is primarily why I'm on today. Everybody is gravitating towards boxing. Anybody who wants to, to challenge themselves and see how much skill, heart, uh, talent, uh, endurance, uh, I mean, and the list goes on, just natural ability, everybody's going to boxing now to really challenge themselves. And I think that it's a really interesting thing because you take a look at boxing and here in the United States, it's on the lower level in terms of, uh, in terms of, um, uh, 
stardom, star pill. Uh, it's not a highlighted sport here in the United States. However, all of the NFL players now, NBA players I've seen, and wrestlers, everybody wants to challenge themselves, and everybody's going to the sport of boxing to do that. I think it's interesting. So, Sean, we got to get to this. So, Le'Veon Bell is fighting Adrian Peterson. We've seen a lot of, like, as you mentioned, other sports athletes coming in and now boxing. So they're fighting at the end of this month. I think yeah. we were discussing this last week, and I, I said I'll take Adrian Peterson. I think you said AP too. I don't. I, 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 I think I said, I, said I took I took Le'Veon Bell because oh, he was it. younger. Because he was younger. What do you, what do you make of that, Sean? Who are you taking in that fight? What do you think? Who am I taking? That's a that's a great question. My yeah. heart actually wants to take Adrian Peterson. Uh, when I was in high school, he was like the top. Uh, running back and you know watching him get drafted to the NFL had the had the injury and still do everything that he did as an NFL football player I mean one of the hardest runners uh, to date and you know you say all that and and my admiration for him as a football player I was like I, I you got to pull for AP however I had an opportunity to go and watch Le'Veon Bell train just last weekend and uh, I watched him do some shadow boxing I watched him hit the bag. I gave him some some tips while he was hitting the bag. But I'm saying all that to say this: the key thing for me, I asked Le'Veon. I said, "How long you been training?" He said, "I always trained in the off season. I use boxing to stay in shape for football." I said, "Well, how long you been thinking about boxing? Because it, it looks like he's a little bit more advanced than somebody just picked it up." I said, "How long you been thinking about boxing?" He says, "It's always been my game plan. Just nobody ever knew about it." And so I'm saying that to say. Le'Veon's got some experience. He's put himself in the realm of boxing, the boxing world, even though it wasn't in an actual fight, but he's been in professional boxing gyms. He's been in amateur boxing gyms, and he's been getting a lot of experience for a very long time. And for me, it's always hard to count out experience because I know that when you have experience, there's things that are going to happen in the ring, and if you don't have any experience, you don't know how to handle it, you know? So... I think it's an interesting matchup. I think physicality-wise, we lean towards uh, Adrian Peterson, but boxing is just not about who's the most physical. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel kind of inclined to 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 lean towards uh, Le'Veon Bell. So Sean, last week we all came up with four different uh, athlete boxing matches we'd like to see. Um, and we're going to take our, our what we think are our two best from each one, and then we want your opinions on it. I, I took a, I had Trevor Bauer fighting a grizzly bear. We took that one out uh, <laughs> because I just want to see Trevor Bauer eat by a grizzly bear. But let's start with Brad. Brad, what, what are your two best? So, Sean, I started out, I, I did Miles Garrett versus Lawrence Taylor. Oof. Ooh. In their primes. In their primes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, man. That's that, tough oh, wow. and, I, and I'm talking about LT when he was just that nasty dude, right? <laughs> I, would take, I would take LT. I think LT was a little more agile, a little more uh, athletic. And, of course, we know the mean streak that bo both guys have. We are definitely got to give respect to, to our own defensive end. But I just feel like it's always hard for me to go up against the OGs in any respect. I, I don't think that I hold a candle to any uh, old school 147-pound fighter out there uh, junior middleweight, and I would say the same for those football players right there. It's hard for those guys to compete with the old heads. Well, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a second since we're going Cleveland. We're off Cleveland. We go. Let's talk to Cleveland, right? We're gonna uh, go real OG here. 
Charles okay. Oakley versus Xavier McDaniel. Oof, that's <laughs> of course, I'm familiar with Oakley. <laughs> we talking about mean streaks again. I'm not as familiar with Mc, McDaniel. Uh, so I, I would have to go with the hometown anyway. So. Well, you know, they actually, Sean, they actually had a fight. I was on, I'm friends of both. I was teammates yeah. of both. And they actually yeah. had a fight in the garden. They cleared out the first row of the garden. And Ooh. this thing is still legendary. And when I tell you, when I ran up on it, Sean, all I can trying to break it up, trying to break up two friends, right? All I hear yeah. was body shots being thrown and they just <clears throat> like this. <clears throat> they like, knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. Not like you, the guys. You now. never see anybody go to the go to the body in a in a street fight. So <laughs> that might be an interesting uh fight to, to have seen once upon a time. Wow. Mm. All right, Jason, you're up. All right, Sean. So I may have misunderstood the assignment a little bit. I no, just Jason, you nailed it. Before, before you even <laughs> tell you, Jason nailed this for the record. All right. So <laughs> my, my first one was Miles Garrett versus Tyson Fury because those are two of the baddest men I know. And if Miles can yeah. just protect himself long enough yeah. to get one good punch in, I think it's all he yeah. needs is one good shot. Yeah. Um, you know what? With some training, I have no doubt that uh, that that uh, Miles Garrett can box with some training. Uh, one thing that would hold him back, uh, and historically, fighters never lifted weights, and and they always said it made you slow. It's not that it made you slow. When you put on muscle, it, it for a boxer, you gotta have you gotta be loose. Yeah. And when you put on muscle, it, it it stops you being from it stops you from being as loose as you can be. That's the only thing. That would 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 make me say that Miles can't beat Tyson Fury is the fact that I know that the man has lifted weights for so long, and even though he's so big and so strong, I don't know if he could get loose enough to get at Tyson Fury. But if my man wanted to come to the boxing world, I I would not knock him for taking on Tyson Fury. I think that that I think that he that's something that would shock the world, and he he could actually do it. I do believe that. All right, the second one is sheerly for my own entertainment. Uh, Nick Chubb against Spirit Airlines CEO Edward Christie because I had to fly Spirit Airlines home from Vegas the other night and it was like sitting with barn animals. <laughs> Spirit Airlines, Spirit we're about Airlines. to we're about to lose Spirit as a as a sponsor. Yeah, because Spirit Airlines is like putting a Goodwill store in a slingshot, uh, pulling it back uh, as far as it'll go and letting uh, go and seeing how far it will make man. it. It uh, was an awful experience. People were taking off their socks and their shoes before we oh, even got on man. the plane oh at the gate. God. They're sitting barefoot. I'm like, where am I right now? It was an <laughs> awful experience. It was horrible. I was forced into it by my other employer. Sure because it wasn't a of, Trump rally. Oh, <laughs> oh watch it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, so I would like to I would like to watch this fight from an ivory tower like Commodus from Gladiator and just point down and go finish him. I said what at the risk of also losing a Spirit Airlines deal. Uh, I think our all, our all of our purposes as flyers is to avoid flying Spirit Airlines. That's so, right. Uh, that was that was your fault for being Agreed. on Agreed. on that flight, sir. <laughs> it was forced on me by my employer. It was the That's only terrible. flight that would fit within company policy. Yeah, that black it was car. awful. Use another airline. <laughs> Next time I'll drive you up. Hey man, listen. Uh, first of all, we we got to get to this, I and mean, this is the easy money right here. Uh, Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph. <laughs> why, why is everybody Miles Garrett? Why is it just Cleveland or? But because guess, it just, it, but see, here's the thing. The assignment was we had to pick somebody from the Browns, right? 
or, or Cleveland sports. So you're like, okay, well, I can't pick any baseball players and everybody in the cast. I got is really one. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's so, I, got one. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you got what and and they gonna get I'm supposed to have another one here. We all do know Miles Garrett wins that one. But yeah, I, that one's not fair. That ain't no, fair. No. That's not fair. Let's See, take G. We got we got your other Browns one because we thought this was the actual yes. cleanest, most fair fight. This right here, mm. this right here, it, it's this got this got a uh, uh, slugfest written all over. I me. think Nick Chubb knocks yeah. his ass out in less than a minute's work. Uh, the Tasmanian Devil ain't playing mm. with you. He puts work in out here now. It's true, he does. Like he ain't playing games always, with nobody. I always tell people you, who you are outside of the ring is who you are in the ring. And I think it goes the same for any sport. Who who you are on the basketball court is who you are who you are off the court. Usually, the guys that dribble a lot and, and have those fancy those fa uh, fancy passes, they're usually the nice, the clean dressed, and the swagged out. All the, all those kinds of things in the ring. I I believe that that uh, Nick Chubb would be very orthodox. He'd be very one two. He'd be very orthodox. Kareem Hunt would be a little all over the place. He'd be fainting a lot. He'd be trying to do all these things, and he'd catch one. <laughs> I love both those guys as, as, as Browns running backs. It hurts me to pick one, but I actually would pick Nick Chubb because I think that he's strong. I think he could protect himself, and I think he'd handle himself in the ring. One more thing. Uh, they always say, watch out for the quiet ones. And when we talk about the quiet ones, there, right. there again, Nick Chubb is, is the dangerous one in that match. You know what? You know what, Sean? Listen, before we go, I'm gonna I'm swing at the bull, but l yeah. let's not act like we don't be on here promoting. I got one more wild card. I want Sean Porter versus Jake Paul. I need to get you <laughs> oh, that bag, yes. my man. Come Kick on now. Yeah, listen, that, listen. Come on down here and get you that bag. Listen, Amazon, <laughs> put it on Prime. I get that together. Get listen, no, no, I will no. We promote put it on that. the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. They, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. This thing right here could be big, man. Tell us, tell us going into it. Let me ask you. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Can Can Jake Paul really like this? Ain't no play play. You really got hands. Like I feel like, can you tell them that he ain't really he can't mess with you, pound for pound no. with them hands? He get hurt out here, bro. Talk. No. About so here, let me do this real quick for any boxing fans out there. When you watched Floyd Mayweather fight, Floyd did what was called picking his matches. He always announced who he was fighting. There was never an announcement. Floyd Mayweather's fighting so and so. It was always Floyd. I'm getting in the ring with. He picked his matches. And because he knew how to work the business. And that's exactly what Jake Paul is doing. He's working the business of mm -hmm. boxing, picking his matches, and he's doing a phenomenal job doing it. It kind of is what it is. Now he's got Hasim uh, 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 Rockman Jr., mm -hmm. who is 12 and 1 as a professional boxer. But again, Jake Paul is smart. He knows I picked a boxer that really can't do much with me outside of four to five rounds. And so. I think that is going to be a really good boxing match, but I think that Jake Paul again has picked a match that he knows he's going to win. If Jake Paul picks Showtime Sean Porter, would not be the same deal. Jake <laughs> is too slow. Jake does not have enough experience. Jake isn't strong enough. Jake does not is not athletic enough, agile enough. There's nothing that Jake Paul can do with Showtime Sean Porter, which is why you won't see Jake Sean Porter come get that bag. I don't need that bag. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You heard it here first. Hey, but hey, I got one for y'all. Yeah. Denzel Ward, one of the best, I believe, one of the best defensive backs in the league against 
uh, Seth Curry, Ooh. one of the greatest offensive weapons in the NBA, who wins? I'm saying Denzel. Denzel. Ward. Denzel takes him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you would know hey, better than hey, us. Hey, hey, Sounds like he sound like Steph, Steph, Steph Curry. CompuBox, CompuBox, <laughs> Steph is a sniper. I trust his eye. CompuBox going to love him. He going to hit his spots. He going to be real precise. And when it come down to the car, when it come down to the tape, I got my man Steph Curry. But can the guard, can the guards take a blow? Can, can the guards take a blow? You saw, you saw uh, Nate Robinson. <laughs> Who was laid out in that boxing match on the on the, yeah. on, yeah. on, on the canvas? Yeah. And Steph Curry <laughs> tweeted right afterward because my uh, Nate Robinson sent that thing. I thought I'm gonna shock the world, right? That yeah. was leading up to the fight. And then when he got knocked out, Steph Curry came back and tweeted immediately out, uh, immediately out to the public. I see no lies. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I don't know if Steph can keep a mouth guard in his mouth long enough. Yeah, I see no true. lies <laughs> to Ooh. go for a full fight. All right, Sean, I got two more for you. Let, let's get to my two here again. We got Nick Chubb in the mix. But I wanted a good running back against a good – oh, we got the baseball one first. Two of the biggest behemoths in Major League Baseball, Aaron Judge yeah. and Fran Mil Reyes. Who you got in that one? Reyes has been hitting his butt off, man. Um, he's finally he's hitting the ball. With, yeah, he's finally he's, – he's, uh, he's doing a good job with the Guardians, but I think I will have to go with the with the MLB player, man. Uh, it's something about him. He, he, he looks very athletic. Yeah. He can hit. No secret that he can hit. So I, would, I have to go against Cleveland on this one. By the way, real quick, speaking of big guys, the, the first time I ever saw boxing in person as a fan was at the Turning Stone Casino outside of Utica, New York. Have you ever fought there, Sean, by any chance? Been there. Uh, yeah. The uh, Hall of Fame is up there. Okay, that's right. That's right. In Canastota, I believe, right? Canastota? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I, I went there. It was a heavyweight match, and this is probably 15 years ago. I can't remember the fighters. They were not great heavyweights. And one guy had been a decent fighter, and he was kind of on the back end. And the other guy was was like these were these were lower level heavyweight fighters, but they were they were experienced, but not great fighters. Yeah. And yeah. watching those two guys in person, because I was sitting like first row. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, because watching it on TV is one thing, mm-hmm. but seeing that in person, and I'm like, these are lower level guys. I can't imagine what the star yeah. fighters. It, it, yeah. Watching it, it looked like every punch they were getting hit with a sledgehammer. And I know they're heavyweights, yeah. but just so kudos to you because unless you watch it, <laughs> obviously I've never been in the ring and I would get my ass kicked, but <laughs> just watching it that close, my respect for boxers went up like a million times because I'm like, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. It's my, I have a friend. I have a friend that attended. Uh, um, I'm losing. Oh, my, I have a friend that attended West Point. And I don't know if people know, but boxing is a part of the curriculum. Your first two years at West Point is mandatory to take boxing as a class. And that was made uh, mandatory by Teddy Roosevelt way back in the day. Right. And that, 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 that it's still a part of the curriculum. Hmm. I have a friend who, who actually boxed. He, he fought on some world teams and, and, and all of those types of things. He turned professional. But he went to West Point. Prior to West Point, he hadn't boxed at all. He said his first time sparring, he was convinced that boxing was fake. He said he said he said there was no he he said he couldn't believe there was any way anybody could do twelve rounds, three minutes as yeah. hard as he had seen. And then of course, after getting into it and doing it more, he became a professional boxer himself. But it's just one of those things, man. I for me, 
I used track work. I used, I actually used agility drills from football. I, uh, I played basketball to, to, to kind of get in shape. Uh, ran, we would run the, the, uh, the lines and things of that nature. I swam, uh, biking, wow. running on, on, on paths. Boxing is the only sport that you use every other sport just to get ready for one night. And, and there's no other sport like it, man. And I know that there is an underappreciation for boxing. And I just think that the right parts of boxing have not been exposed enough to, to the average fan to know for them to actually have a true understanding of what boxing is. No doubt. I'm going to blow off my second matchup because I want to ask you about something else, too. Like, I was, when I was a kid, I was, I mean, boxing was, baseball was always my favorite sport as a kid, but boxing was like right there. It was like, I would watch yeah. it. When Mike Tyson was fighting, I mean, I every pay-per-view was must-watch. I mean, it was, yeah. he was just killing guys in the ring until Buster yeah. Douglas, and then we all couldn't, we were like, what? Nobody even heard of Buster Douglas. I know he's yeah. from this area, but like nobody heard of him when he got in the ring with Tyson. We just thought Tyson mm -hmm. would kill him like he killed everybody else. But I'm <laughs> curious, because like when I was a kid, and even before that, obviously the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, even to the 90s, the heavyweight division was where it was at, right? I mean, like that, there was so many, and it feels like, and I'm, I'm not as into boxing as I was, I still pay attention, but I don't love it like I did when I was younger. And I think yeah. for me, part of it is because the heavyweight division doesn't seem like it's as good. Is it, is it really not as good? Or am I just not giving it enough credit? Or they're not like American heavyweights that are really good? What, what do you make of the heavyweight division? The heavyweight division carries boxing. Uh, while I was very good, and there's, there's tons of guys that are very good at 147, 135, 130. I mean, there's a lot of weight. There's a lot of divisions out there who have multiple guys that are either champions or on the verge of being a champion. But everybody understands the heavyweight division. I actually blame Rocky for that. I think that Rocky <laughs> made, <laughs> think that he made boxing what it was, and it became a thing that if you don't see a big man in the ring, this isn't the boxing that I know because right. people kind of grew accustomed to it. I believe, <laughs> large in part because of Rocky, but excluding that and just to your point um i think right now boxing in the heavyweight division in america is coming back okay, there good. was a long law of 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 mediocre fighter mediocre fighters in the heavyweight division but that is going away and I, uh, number one guy that, that 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 stands out in my mind is jared anderson he is the next big heavyweight boxer who's going to become a world champion and be nice. a world champion for a very long time. And then I don't know if anybody out there knows Deontay Wilder. He's looking mm -hmm. to come back very, relatively soon as well. He had a, tri a trilogy uh, matchup yeah. with uh, with uh, Tyson Fury. That was mm -hmm. amazing. You have to, if you want to see great heavyweight boxing right now, you kind of have to look outside of the yeah. United States. Mm -hmm. And nobody here is willing to do that. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. We're not going to anyone overseas you know so uh Tyson Fury is is the greatest heavyweight of our generation but I don't think enough people over here in the United States yeah. know about him or give him his credit is because we're not connected to him that way so yeah. the good part about it is the heavyweight division is coming back and Jared Anderson definitely is leading that charge Sean great to have you with us as always man we'll have you back again before the football season the Start hyping up for the Browns. We love the t-shirt. We love having you on. Thank yeah. you for joining us. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. See you guys later. All right. Bye. Thanks, huh? Showtime, Sean Dude, Porter. Porter. We right. were talking with him, guys, about uh, Miles Garrett. And we talked about Miles Garrett and his athletic ability, his ability to play basketball. Brad, I'm curious from your perspective, um, as a former great NBA player, do you think Miles Garrett could have been a good NBA player? Had he, you know, obviously he would have trained differently than he did for football, but like, could he have played in the NBA? I mean, you never know for sure, but I, I, do you I, think he could have? I think that you see the athleticism that Miles Garrett shows you that there's a chance, right? Yeah. He has all the freak skills and strength yeah. that are necessary to say that. I can excel. Now he's out here. Now they don't have him out here warming up for nonsense, right? Yeah. He has to have a certain level of skill just to be where he is right now. I would just tell you this: paths are different because the way he's trained for football is different than what he's trained for basketball. But I could just tell you that just being able to do the things that I've seen out of Miles Garrett, you just can't walk up and do those. I don't care how many videos you watch, how many uh, backyards you play in. Yeah. He has a he has a skill set about him. Now, is it transferable? I think football players have a very transfer. You know, I've been burned, so <laughs> you're <laughs> scarred for life on that one. <laughs> there's, a, there's a transferable skit, uh, yeah. set of skills that that they have that I didn't think they had, and they and they have it. So, you know, I, I'm a proponent for this. Can you do the double play, right? Because somebody's going to try it, bull. Yeah, somebody's yeah. going to try it. Right. I just don't know when and how they can do it. It's, he looks like. I mean, possibly, possibly a Ben Wallace type. Yes. Of guy who's defensive. Right. Goon. He's a yeah, a little bit of a goon. He's the muscle inside. It's hard to push him off a spot. I I saw him it, it was one game, it was a celebrity game, but yeah. I was watching him like it's it's not as he's not as advanced in basketball. Sure, as but what we're talking we, about like if he had trained for basketball but, his whole life. Yeah, but still yeah. I just don't know that he's uh, to play in today's game. Yeah. Could he have played in the eighties? Yeah, probably Charles Oakley. Yeah, right. He could play in the eighties and, and beat some people up. But today's game, what they ask of big men to do and yeah. to step back and shoot. No, I don't see it. Gee, you're not buying it. Stop. No, he not doing it. And to be surprising like this. There's there's guys on every division one football team that's defensive and dunked the ball like that. Fair all right. of them dunk that okay. all of them. Chase Young, all of them. Joe, the Bosa's all Red's of them. giving you a skeptical eye. All of them dunk like that. This the new wave. Yeah, but we're not talking about we're not talking about dunking here. He's talking about playing here. Well, let me tell you something. If I bring a guy off the bench, right? I don't need you to do a bunch of things. I need you to go down and muscle up down here. Clean up this mess down here. That's what I need you to I'm do. A, I'm going to tell you. It's, it's could, harder could, and harder for those guys could, to get could, on the floor could, anymore, Could he though. do that? Oh, no, Jason, well, I would just say when we went down to the little play-in series down the stretch, right? And then when JB's looking down the bench, he couldn't put nobody in. There wasn't nobody there to put in. I'm like, he couldn't even help clean up the mess that was down there. I'll use, I'll use, this, I'll use this, this example, right? I'll be watching 90s basketball. You know, I just go, you know, YouTube, you watch one game, they just show them to you. I, it came, I watched the Chicago Bulls versus the New York Knicks. And was Brad playing in that game? He was not playing that game. Xavier McDaniel, his boy, was, yeah, right? right? So this case, I had to be 92 93. Yeah. First time down court, 
Xavier McDaniels. Yeah. Good. Came down again. Post up. Reverse pivot. Good. I'm like, when did the X-Man have this J word? He came down. This man hit seven straight jumpers. And I'm like, so did you know? Did you know X led the country in scoring and rebounding? I mean, he was did great you know player, that? A, 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 but his body type. X is six seven slim, but yeah, but solid, but solid, a solid. That, so yeah. what I'm saying is, Miles Garrett might be six five. X, them boys, them, and if you leave a pro open, you're done. <laughs> like, well, Miles Garrett could physically dominate. Yeah. But I'm, well, I, well, it, it all depends on yeah. X Men is rising up over him. You know when you got that height advantage. When yeah. if Brad pulling up like this and he up here, you he ain't touching that. Miles Garrett can't do nothing with well, that. Well, here, so so I'm taking Miles Garrett. Say that Miles Garrett is six five, six six, right? Sometimes I got to move somebody off the block, G, down here, right? You That's think Miles Garrett can move somebody off the block? Yes. Get him, get behind, move him, take yeah. him, put him under the lock and key, control him. Mm-hmm. And I don't need you for 35 minutes control somebody. Old school basketball. Control him. Listen. Could he score 10 points in the summer league game right now? Wait, no. before you guys answer that, Jason, we want to ask that question Sorry, next, but I want to add one key. <laughs> I want to add one key component to the right. discussion because it's important. Yeah. Miles Garrett is only 6'5". He's a 6'11 wingspan, which does help extremely on the defensive end of the court because he's not the same size as Brad, but at least lengthwise, he does have the length of a traditional NBA four or five. You see what happened to Anthony Bennett. He had short this arms. No Anthony this Bennett. guy's a million this times. He had no Anthony Bennett. Stop playing ah, with me. Come on. Jason, we talk here. to him. Here. Jason, talk to him. Anthony Bennett, like, Anthony Bennett would give Miles Garrett the business, low key. What? He would give him. It's a difference, man. <laughs> And he could not get – he could get about four. He'd get some putbacks. He'd get a couple putbacks. Goon, he'd get about six rebounds. He two, two, four points. Jason, you want to go, and I'm going to throw Jay, a go ahead, your go way ahead. I don't know. I was there for Anthony Bennett. He was a disaster. <laughs> he was a total disaster from day, from day one. From day one. That's, that's, that's just really hard for me. Sell my boy. That's my teammates. Sell my boy. A lot of teammates. Play with everybody. But, Jason, in a summer league game, we know it's not – as serious, we know not everybody's to the same level talent-wise as in the NBA. Miles Garrett plays 20 minutes. Is he getting two buckets, five rebounds? Is he completely outclassed? What do you think? You're out there this week, so. He's not – I mean, I don't think he scored 10 points in the celebrity game, did he? Like, I don't even think he got that many then. So, yeah, but he's so, also so like – Could he get – but, oh, he yeah. was playing at that celebrity game? Yeah. All-Star oh, weekend? On, celebrity game. He was, he was, he was playing. Sweating. He got he a good laugh for me. He was playing. He's got a little celebrity, laughter. Celebrity game is a clown show. Stop playing. No. <laughs> so, not to him it wasn't. Not to him it wasn't. So, so, so let me just tell you this. So, I'm a, <laughs> Could so he get two I just talked about it the other segment. <laughs> yeah. The job of the coach Ooh. is to manage situations. Yeah. Right? So get, I'm going to give you a situation here. All right, Jason. You give me the unicorn, the new unicorn, Chet Holmgren, right? Okay. Put him on the block. All right. Right. Miles, you're going Kick in. For, you're going in here for five, seven minutes here. Get him off that block. Move him up out of here. Make sure he's not a factor. You think Miles Garrett can make sure he's not a factor? He could rough him up. Yeah. Yes, he could. So if you could do that. That's why I called him Ben Wallace. So if you could do that. Yeah, I have a place for you. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I agree. Don't you think it's embarrassing, Jason? Guys, don't, don't you think it's embarrassing? Like some media members, that Chet Hol- Holmgren is that his name? Yeah. After one game, like it was freaking one summer league game, people were going bananas. 
What is wrong with people? Yeah, I don't even pay attention. And then to he summer sucked league. in the second game. That doesn't matter either. It's, no, like, it's freaking summer. It's a body of work. Yeah, I mean, he, he got a, he's, so got, he's, got, he's got a good skill set. We're not going off the top on people, over the top on people. Some people I was were. Like, I was like, this is yeah, they're, I was they're, they're, waiting for. I was waiting for Jason to give me a breakdown on the kid that has the mullet for the Cavs. What's his name? <laughs> hey, I said, Travis. hey, Luke Travis. Travis. Hey, he did a nice he, slam he, yesterday. Hey, he had a couple I mean, dogs. Is that Greg Pike's cousin or what? What's your breakdown on my guy? My breakdown is he's going to be playing overseas. That's my breakdown. If that guy, if Greg Kite and Kurt Rambis had a kid, it'd be that guy. I mean, come on now. Jason, then oh. shifting back over to Australia. He ain't playing yeah, He, 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 he went to the Greg Kite analogy. Yeah, like, that's an old school guy. No, Luke Travis will be playing Bird Australia or wherever right next year. He'll, he yeah, will not I, be on the kids. But here, so I, I'm, not, I'm not one to discount anybody. I said, you give me a guy like Miles Garrett that has a skill set, right? I, I can find some minutes for him. I don't, look, he's not no 25-a-minute ball player, right? But mm -hmm. if I got 12 guys on the bench and I need a certain thing to go on in the game at a certain time, go on in, son. Perk. Go on in, son. He's yeah. Perk. Let me ask you guys there this. You rap, rapid fire answers here. We go back to their, their when they're 15 years old, these two guys. Yeah. And we train them for the opposite sport than they currently play. Okay. Who's better? Miles Garrett at basketball. LeBron. LeBron James I already know. LeBron. 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 I already know. LeBron. LeBron. LeBron could have played day the one. The only reason I asked is because it's, as you said, it's easier to transition to basketball, even though LeBron is one of the few people that's even a better athlete than than the I Miles. believe this is could be outrageous. I yeah. believe LeBron probably could have been a Hall of Famer in football. If he if he stuck with it, he could probably have been a Hall of Famer in any sport. He could have right? been a Hall of I Famer. Mean, I mean, you got to play lacrosse. Miles is a terrific athlete. He's a phenomenal athlete. LeBron is a different. I mean, it's a, six, it's a different he, animal. He's six nine. He two two. He weight. At one point in time, he almost made his weight as much as Miles Garrett. Think True, about that. But is he taking the hits? That's the one thing you don't know that, about. That's the know? Re, that's the reason why LeBron is special. The reason why LeBron has played this long is because I played basketball in high school. When you used to play in football and you get out here and it's bumping in contact and under a basketball court, you like, oh, this is nothing. I'm finishing yeah. at the rim. I'm you, you grab you see you see people when LeBron is trying to grab him around the shoulders and he just shrugs them off like, come on now, man. I've been that guy used to get tackled. It's different. All right, I got another comparison: Delhi in football <laughs> or Baker in basketball. Who you got? Neither. <laughs> Where are you I'm, putting Delhi? Where are you putting them? This cat, this long snapper, kicker. kicker. Do, do you see the levels of the pettiness? <laughs> he went down to get Delhi just, just to you compare that him to right Speaking of Delhi, little yeah. nugget. Delhi's yeah. working out with the Kings, trying to get back in the NBA. Oh, really? Good There's for him. him. Coach Mike Brown, who had him in Cleveland when yeah. he first came in the league. Uh, Delhi, uh, trying to make uh, Mike Brown's yeah. coaching the Kings now. Yeah, he's the Kings. Mike Brown's coaching the Kings. Yeah, he's gone. Basketball purgatory, huh? I I can't believe he took that job. Like, well, well I mean, you want back in, you got to go where you go. All right, guys, speaking of basketball, of football players playing basketball, let's go now to the top five. We got our top five, and it's the top five Browns players besides Miles Garrett that you think could play in the NBA, Mikey. Is that correct? I'm not sure they'd play in the they NBA, but who I think play. would be the best basketball players okay, on good. the Browns. And as always, when we do an Ultimate Five, it's brought oh. to you by Roundstone Insurance. Roundstone offers a better alternative for affordable quality health care. For more than a decade, Roundstone Insurance has been saving small and mid-sized businesses money. An average of 20%. Yeah, 20%. Contact us today to learn how you can get great health care benefits that your employees will love and save money, too. 
And this list was tough. There, there are a lot of guys in the Browns who have the traits to make a good basketball player. So I went mm-hmm. one player per position. I don't want to double up on offensive line and defensive line and that stuff. So one per position, but I'll explain right. why I think each of these Joe, guys. Joe Batonio's number one, probably. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the, why these guys could be good basketball players. Let's start with number five. Steve, okay. let's take it. Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb Five. offensively may not be great, but defensively he would be, just like the mention with Miles Garrett, an enforcer impossible to get by, and his lateral quickness would make him an elite perimeter defender. Think of, think of a less uh, less skilled Marcus Smart. Yes. Mm. I'll buy it. Number, I would have had him higher, but I guess I, I got to see who else is on the list. All right, that, that works. I just don't think his offensive game, he's, he's as explosive as some of these other guys maybe. Mm. But all right, let's go. Number four, Jeremiah... Owusu Koromoa. I nailed it. Joker. Yeah, he would have been he on was my the, list. Yeah. He was the guy who was the first to comment on the basketball hoop at uh, minicamp. Mm-hmm. So immediately I know he's a hooper. I've seen him take some jump shots. There's videos floating around on the internet of him shooting. Has a pretty jump shot. And he's a freak of nature athlete. He's kind of a tweener for a linebacker safety. But in the basketball world, that's just called a super athletic wing. Give me Joker. He, he's, a, he's a more cleaner Patrick Beverly. I like this, G. This, this, this is a nice little double top yeah, five. Yeah. yeah, he's not. That's not a bad pick because yeah. he's a freak. I like that. He's a freak. He's a transitional type player. He can he can go in both worlds. You can see it. Mm. All right. All right. Three. Number three. We talked about Miles Garrett being an absolute freak of nature. Jadavion Clowney also a freak of nature athlete. A little older now, but back in his prime, an elite athlete. And I think maybe more than uh, more than Garrett. Not as strong, but a little better uh, vertical athlete. In his primes to do some of the crazy things he did. Injury prone though. He's a better af- more more athletic than like a Kenneth Fareed, same person. I was thinking Taj Gibson too, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah, uh, he was good for like two years and then just what happened to that guy? Yeah, just he, he was got paid. What Taj? <laughs> no, Kenneth Fareed. Kenneth Fareed. Oh, Fareed. Yeah. He just got hurt. Off. Then he got yeah, hurt. He just fell off. He got hurt for a second. Maybe Greg just, Oden. Yeah, well he was no, good uh, for a minute from Nuggets, man. I was like, man. All right, he was good. Jadavion's a good one. All right, number two. Amari Cooper. I'm going to tell you why on this one. Not the greatest athlete, but footwork. Think of Kobe Bryant and in the post. The footwork to get his shot around anybody, over anybody. Amari Cooper known for his elite footwork on routes. That's how he creates separation. Did to get you open. just I use think Kobe Bryant and Amari Cooper nah, in the same sentence? Yes, I did. In terms of basketball? Sh- yes, you, I did. You oh should have waited for me. This guy is is a, a, a less uh, – his field goal percentage is less than – he's a right-handed Michael Redd. Michael Red never moved past nobody fast. He just got to a spot. He was good. He knocked down a case. I'm feeling Amari Cooper. Whatever. Uh, Michael Red's uh, younger brother. His that's his yeah. JV cousin. <laughs> Amari Red. Yeah, Mar- Amari Red is a. a do you see what he did? He Bull is putting together these two things isms, right? Amari Red's a hooper. Amari Red is that's a, a baller. That's on NBA 2K creator player. Amari Red is like he got the Jordan deal too. <laughs> Brad, what do you think about Amari Cooper? You know how important footwork is. No. <laughs> Stop playing with me. You're not going to disrespect my sport like that. Stop, stop playing with me. He hates Mark Cooper's skill set. <laughs> Listen, have you ever, uh, here, have you ever one, seen a good – there's very few good players from Alabama that go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Mike, Michael Irvin uh, beat the tar out of Adam Sandler on the Marcus, basketball court. Oh, that's I was thinking about cheater. this guy. This guy may not yeah. be on the Browns opening day roster, but he I have was. no idea who this guy is, to be honest. He was on Texas Tech, played basketball played on basketball. Texas Tech, didn't play college football. 
was a role guy on their Sweet 16 uh, team this year. Yeah. Averaged five points, four rebounds per game. Got a couple NBA looks, but not not big enough to play in the NBA. He's so, on the Browns. He's the yeah, free he's their third string tight end. Yeah, he's he played basketball in college. The oh. Browns actually oh. stole him from the Ravens. The Ravens were showing the most interest in him early on, and the Browns sort of plucked him away. Man, he well, looked man, like I, a mix between like Olivier Vernon and Kellen Winslow. They going to that? Oh, they going to that? Kent, the old Kent State look for the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Antonio Gates. Yeah, Antonio yeah. Gates. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. by the way, Antonio Gates gave was given like buckets, buckets to <laughs> buckets. prime time ball players. <laughs> like they was just like, I'm like, he's six, four and they can't stop him. He had a headband. You know, back then it was, you had a headband. You automatically was good for 10 points. You know, the head, <laughs> throw a headband on you. The truth. Antonio Gates, Antonio Gates, man. <laughs> you know, I know you cheated on that list a little bit. David and Joku, I think could make I, that list. I, 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 I missed that. You know what? Hand up. That See, is a massive miss on my end. A yeah. massive miss. But he, on my but Mikey said he only wanted one per position. Yeah. So oh. by putting Santos in there, Santos Silva in there, yeah. it's yeah. still a miss. And Joku, and Joku should be on that I list. I mean, shouldn't should the guy? Shouldn't we have heard of the guy to, for him to be on the on the list? <laughs> I mean, he literally played college him. basketball. I know where you've been. I heard about no, I spent twenty minutes talking team. to him a couple months ago. Right. My gosh, he's going to be the ball boy in three weeks. That's a good possibility, but he also has the best chance to make the NBA of anyone of the Browns right now. Right. And that's the top five. All right, we got to get to the Guardians here, guys. And Go before ahead. we talk Guardians, though, yeah. we want to make sure everyone knows we are giving away three four packs of tickets Come to on. an upcoming Guardians game this in awesome. August. They're playing the Astros. If you want to uh, subscribe to this contest, head over to wkyc.com slash contest. Click on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show Guardians giveaway. We're announcing a winner on May 25th, so act fast. You have a better chance to win if you subscribe to the YouTube page and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram. We'll put up a link to that on this uh, YouTube video. But come on, who doesn't want to go to a Guardians-Astros game in August when they're going to be in the middle of the playoff hunt? This is the first giveaway in the history of the show, Mm -hmm. and it's a great one. It's not some cheese ball prize. It's tickets to go see the Guardians and the Astros, which is an exciting match. I believe they're you four can boo packs. The Astros. I believe they're four packs. Yes. You, you don't just go by yourself. You right. can t- bring your people. And That's there's right. also for the grand prize some yeah. signed memorabilia. Yeah. Second and third place just get four tickets. Oh, what a terrible four Thursday! Like you're just, we're giving away twelve tickets to a game against one of the best teams in the AL. You don't want to miss out, so subscribe. Like yeah. us on Twitter. Like us on Instagram. Go to WKYC.com slash contest. You can see the link on the topic bar right there. We'll put it in the YouTube page. We'll tweet it out. We're going to talk about it every day for the next couple of weeks. So make sure you all get in on this, and someone's going to win a killer prize. Yeah, well, three people will win, but one person's going to win a particularly killer exactly. prize, obviously. So this is really exciting. We're, we appreciate the Guardians partnering with us on this. and giving us these uh, the memorabilia for the for the winner and, mm-hmm. and the tickets for all three winners. So, and if you want to invite G and I with you, maybe we'll go. Will you go? Yeah, baby, you. if you ain't got nobody else cooler you to go no with. You got no friends. And you I'll pull up. Will, me and Bull will talk to you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you pay for our food. Yeah, yeah well, you got to pay for the grub, and that's, yeah. a, that's a large <laughs> ticket. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So, a couple of things. Obviously, the Guardians are playing terrible baseball right now. They've lost, I think, 14 of 19, I believe it is, something yeah. like that. 15 to 19, maybe. Dang. This past week was terrible. They lose six out of seven to the Tigers and Royals. But there is some some positive we can make out of this bad three-week stretch. Number one, three guys that make the all-star team. Jose Ramirez, Andre Jimenez, and Emmanuel Classe. Mm-hmm. All, to me, all well-deserved. Did, did they leave out somebody that deserved it? Did any of these three guys not deserve it? What do you think? 
I was slow clapping on this one. That Francisco Lindor trade, how is that working out for you By now? By the way, Lindor has not gone to the All-Star Why? in two years with the Mets. Remarkable trade when you and I, I don't know if I mentioned this when I was in before or not. Yeah. If you look at what the Orioles got from Manny Machado, nothing, nothing compared yeah. to what and and they traded him with a, a couple months left to go. Right. right. The Guardian basically he had about the same amount of time left as what Frankie had here in Cleveland, and the Guardians got Jimenez and Ahmad Rosario. They can huh. flip Rosario, who's really come on and played well after a slow start. Right. Rosario is going to get traded at some point, either at the deadline or this off season. And you got an all-star in Jimenez. Again, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff <laughs> knocked it out of the park. Phenomenal trade. I was a little surprised he made it only because he's not really a name, but well-deserving. Yeah, Certainly I mean, deserving. The, I, I think baseball does a great job of picking the reserves, not based on big name. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, think, I do think the rule of having to have one player from every team is a stupid rule. They need to get rid of it. Like, Diamondbacks got this Joe Mantiply, who's like a good, solid reliever. But he doesn't belong on an all-star team. Right. It's stupid. I guess the home team, like the Dodgers and the home team, you want to have the home team have a representative, but the Dodgers are going to have a representative anyway. I don't know. Any thoughts there, Brad? I well, I, I just think that if you think about the, the three Guardians players that made the all-star selection into the game, it just goes to speak to scouting, uh, player development, uh, the direction of the club. Again, we're in, a, we're, we're in a middle market team, right? This is not a high high-powered organization where you got the big power of money behind you so everything has to be done strategically and I just yeah. feel like what you got out of the Lindor trade here and the representation we have in the in the, in the midsummer classic here in the, NF, uh, in the Major League Baseball we we got our money's worth yeah. right now Cleveland's always going to be a place where you got to develop talent this is what this is this is not this Drift is not this develop not, this is not Broadway this is not right. this this is not that this is not LA this is not the Dodgers yeah and so uh we continue to do that Hopefully we pick off some more. We get some better players. Get somebody to come in. We can add a piece here and there. We can make a run, I think. But that's how it has to be done. I think we've done a, a, a very good job of doing that. It's not the only great trade that represents in this All-Star game. The Guardians traded for Emmanuel Classe. They got him from the Texas Rangers for Corey Kluber, mm. who fell apart. I think pitched like five innings for the Rangers. Yeah. He's he, and he, the last couple of years he's been awful. This year he's been okay in Tampa Bay. He's okay, but he's not anywhere close to the pitcher he was. And Classe at this point is one of the premier closers in baseball. He's a top ten closer, maybe even approaching the top five. He, he has the most saves, right, in American League. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, Classe. I, I love the trade actually when it was made because yeah. Kluber was you could right. see it, and you had all these years of Classe to go. Right, and and just I mean. You know, when they made the trade, I said, listen, I'm not trying to compare this guy to Mariano or Rivera, but show me somebody else who throws a 100-mile-an-hour splitter anywhere right, in baseball. Right, right. It's filthy, the the pitch that he throws. So I, I like the trade. You could see Kluber sort of deteriorating. Yeah. You know, this organization knows when to move on from guys, especially a pitcher. Corey Kluber, you mentioned with Classe. Mike Clevenger, they trade him. He gets hurt almost immediately. Carlos Carrasco, I did not yeah. like including him in the, in the Frankie trade. Yeah. And then Carrasco gets hurt and hasn't been the same pitcher since – if you if you trade with the Guardians, man, yeah. no going in, you're probably Beware. about to get screwed. Yeah, a couple, a couple of things. First of all, Lindor's still good. He's a borderline all star. Yeah. He might still make the all star team, but they had to trade him. In that, yeah. well, they didn't have to. They could have spent the money. They weren't going to spend the money. They had to trade him. They did as well as you could. Usually, when you trade a star of that level, you usually get screwed in the trade. Uh, it, it, it's worked out well. A lot of the other guys that the Guardians have moved on from, as you mentioned, Kluber, Clevenger have not been good. Now, Trevor Bauer was still really good, 
but there were other reasons they traded him. Right. The one guy I could think of that they got rid of maybe a little too early they thought might have been done was Michael Brantley, and he's still been a good player. Something happened with that contract negotiation, and I still don't know all the details. But something they wanted him back. Yeah, that Michael was just. Brantley, I mean, the the one that they missed on really is Gio Urshela. That's the one that they missed on. But so did yeah. So did uh, the the Blue Jays as well. Urshela's not that good. He's but, okay. Well, but, but that's a bat that they certainly could use in the lineup. Yeah. He's better than that. That's the one that ha- like I can tell you the reason Jake Bauer stuck around so long is because of Gio Urshela. Because they felt like, man, we yeah. missed on this oh, once. God. We can't miss he again. Can't. That guy's God. And, and obviously, Bowers yeah. isn't anything. But everyone's like, why is Jake Bowers still here? Well, yeah. because they missed on Urshela. Mm. And they wanted to make sure they didn't miss again. But yeah. y- y- in terms of just who they've gotten from trades, the Clevenger trade could wind up being the best one. And I didn't like that one very much either at the time. Because yeah. I thought, man, you know you're losing Lindor. Go for it. Just go all in. And even if it's a COVID championship, try and win a championship. Yeah. Because you know you're going to lose all these guys. Right. But they made the trade, and and that one could be the signature move of all of them. Yeah, for Chris he, he has just not been able to stay healthy, and, and no. that's going to be an issue. He's getting older now. One other thing from this weekend, guys: Nolan Jones, who at, yeah. you know two years ago was the Guardians' number Top one prospect. prospect. He's not as highly thought of because you know, listen, in twenty twenty was a COVID year; he didn't play. Last year, he didn't have a good season. It was his first subpar minor league season. But I love this guy in the minors. He's another guy, like a lot of their other players, that's excellent at getting on base. His career on base percentage in the minors is f- almost 400, which is absurd. But unlike some of these other guys they've brought up recently, there's power. He's got real power. He hit that home run, was it Friday? First, uh, it was Friday or Saturday? Yeah. Saturday, I think. Yeah. He hit the home run that was like almost 500 feet. He crushed it. He's, he's not very good defensively. But he's got a bat. I like this kid a lot coming up, and I'm excited to see him get an opportunity. He's red hot first. I game. mean, he come in, he come in stroking the ball. Yeah, you know me. I this see this the type of stuff I get excited about because now you got some young dudes with some power. He get on base. He come in the first few games. He in the lineup. He he looking to be aggressive. Yeah, I said this is what I'm talking about. I need a couple. If you're gonna be losing 15 and 19. I wouldn't lose 15 to 19 with these young dudes That's right. hitting ball like that. That's yeah. what I want to see. He's got to be able to hit left-handed pitching and, or else he's going to be a platoon player and they right. don't need they don't need that. No. He really struggled. You mentioned his awful year in the minors last yeah. year. Really struggled to hit lefties. If he can prove to just be adequate, adequate against left-handers, yeah. he could be a nice piece for them. Yeah. they got to find a spot to play him. Likely right. going to be a corner outfield spot, possibly first, although I think they're happy with Naylor there. So it's really going to have to be a corner outfield spot. Yeah. Well, I love a, Naylor defensively, but I don't know that he would be any good. Well, yeah. either. well first of all, Nolan yeah. had a great debut this weekend, right? Yeah. In front of his family, coming to watch him play. Yeah. Put bat on, uh, bat on the ball and uh, be productive. But, you know, in this any sport, it's, it's like this. We're going to get some tape on you, young right. fella. And you got to adjust. We're going to get some tape on you and see what you got here because you got off on us the first day because yep. we didn't know you. We just threw you some smoke and you smoked us. So now, as, as you start to make your rounds through the circuit, everybody's yeah. saying, turn the video. Let's <laughs> see what we got here. Yeah, that's right. And then we'll see what we actually have. But he's got to be in the lineup every day, even against lefties. He's got to, you know, he's not going to learn it by playing against lefty once every 10 times. And this is the problem that they're going to run into. Yeah. Oscar Gonzalez when he's healthy, Nolan yeah. Jones, Stephen Kwan. Right. Straw's the one who's got the contract. Right. And you, you, can't, you can't fit them yeah. all. Where are you going to play them all? Right. So, it's why I still see trades coming Somebody probably leaving. at the deadline. Yeah, three <laughs> weeks. Leaving. We have three weeks to the deadline. What is the internet saying about the uh, Guardians All-Stars, Nolan Jones, whatever they're talking about? With the well, I love how you guys mentioned trades because we're going to do our own version of freezing cold takes today. 
brought wow. to you by the internet, which, as always, when the internet comments come to play, it's brought to you by PCC Airfoils. Who else would it be brought to us by? Are you looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 an hour and up. Plus, get full benefit packages, mm -hmm. paid time off, and a signing bonus. Good Apply job. online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So as I was perusing through the internet yesterday, perusing, I, came, excuse me. I came across this tweet. Steve, let's take it. This is a tweet from last year. The Guardians tweeted it out. We've acquired infielder Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, Isaiah Green, and Josh Wolf from the Mets in exchange for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. Did I rip it at the time? You did not rip it, no, oh. but a lot of people did. And in hindsight, a lot of yeah. people were very, very wrong. So I found a couple of the most internet show-appropriate ones I could show. Mm. And let's laugh at a couple. Steve, let's take the first one. This is from Ben Noble. This was like a trade in your <laughs> fantasy league the commissioner should have vetoed. And three people liked it, too. Next one. I feel bad for the person that had to tweet this garbage. <laughs> 377 likes. Who is that guy? <laughs> You break my heart more than any woman could. <laughs> so it's always fun to look back in hindsight because you yeah. never know how these trades are going to turn out. You get the top prospects. Sometimes the top prospects Man. turn out to be absolute studs. Other times yeah. they turn out to be duds. And in this case, the Guardians hit hit a jackpot here. And we'll see in the long term, right? It's still, you know, what if the, I didn't? I didn't think I, I didn't. I thought it was, they did as well as they could at the time. I didn't think Jimenez was ever going to be as good as he is this year. I'm impressed. He's doing everything well. Um, so we'll see. You know, I think it's ironic. I always love looking back at time, right? You did, last year, you could have been skinny, and this year, you'd be like, dang, I was eating a lot this year. <laughs> or it could be the opposite, right? right. We, I was looking back in the time machine, and they just had a Browns photo with OBJ and Jarvis Landry and uh, Hooper. Smiles. And they was at Camp Baker, and then all four of them is up out of here. Odell Beckham got a torn ACL. Baker fighting for his football career. Austin Hooper is about to move to left tackle in Tennessee. <laughs> and Jarvis Landry is, uh, is is the fifth receiver mm -hmm. in uh, in New Orleans. What a year a, a year can make. I, I was listening to some guy on, uh, I don't even remember what I was listening to yesterday, but this guy was like, I think Austin Hooper is a sleeper this year for whatever, I don't even remember what team he's on right now. I'm like, Tennessee. Tennessee, I'm like, you obviously didn't watch him play. He's like, I love him with Ryan Tannehill as if Ryan Tannehill is that good. Oh, okay. Uh, Austin Hooper, you didn't watch him play the last two years. Uh, we certainly did. Yeah. All right, uh, and that's what the internet is saying. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And that's it. Time for final takes, guys. Brad, you're up first. Okay. You know, I usually don't weigh in on the commentary from the weekend, but uh, I was doing my landscaping yesterday, and I pulled up Twitter. Mm. Mm. I didn't know the city was that connected to Colin Sexton like this. I was like, this is like a heated debate here. We had a little discussion on Friday about Colin Sexton and the NBA and the future of the Cavaliers. And my take on it is this, and it has not changed. 
there's a place for Colin Sexton on his team. One only if he understands his value. His value to me is not in the starting lineup. And I think that's what the Cavaliers front office notice. And anybody around this, the, the game of basketball that really understands it, understands that. He has a skill set. I agree with the people. He has a skill set. He can get you some buckets. But he only gets you some buckets in the right situation. Because him in the starting line doesn't give me buckets that leads me to wins. He just gives me buckets, right? What if I took this young man and put him on the bench? Brought him off the bench. Oh, you with mean the, the thing I've been saying yeah, since yeah, he entered with, the league? With the second, with the second <laughs> tier crews. He could have longevity. This contract that he's sourcing for out here, right? That he's not going to get as a starter, right? He could get it. And then some, if you're a proven commodity off the bench. I mean, there's value in being that person. And how do I know, world? Because I'm not speaking to you as some guy who doesn't know. For those out there that, that had all these opinions, let me tell you something. I do know. I've been that dude. I was that guy, right? I was a top 10 pick, Chicago Bulls in 86. Only to find out the business of this league because the Cavaliers would be foolish if they didn't shop this kid around to see if I get something better to help my team get better. That's just the nature of the business. A year later, the Bulls did what? They drafted Scottie Pippen, who I saw as a threat to my, my eating, right? And only to find out his because Scottie and I are, are good friends, right? There was a value in it. I could have taken my skill set and went to the bench and put a, a, a solid reserve off the bench. And there's value in that to make in because the, the values of the team getting better. Colin Sexton can do that for this team, right? But you have to be one. You have to be willing to accept the mission and understand the role. Right now, I'm not sure if he understands the role or could accept the mission. So until that time comes, I will tell you this. If I'm Kobe Altman or, or the, the, the Cavalier staff, I'm shopping this kid. He's not even a top 16 two guard in this league. They're, he's not Bradley Beal. He's not Devin Booker. I mean, we're not talking about he's not Zach Levine, right? Mm. He has a skill set off the bench. Can you give me 14, 15 off the bench? Can I count on you every night? And can I hide your deficiencies? Because he has some deficiencies. I make him a bad player. Uh, player. I like him as a person. But the business of the NBA is this. I got to get better. And then when I don't have the best, I'm always going to search to get the best. So message to the people out here. Keep supporting him. But be clear what this is all about. It's about not getting to the first round of the play-in. That's, that's, that's not the game. Right. The game is getting to the finals. Good job, Brad. Jason? Well, I'll stick on the, the basketball final take since uh, I just came from Summer League and spent some time out there and saw Kyrie sitting in front of me in the, in the, along the baseline. Didn't feel like talking to me or anyone else in the media, not surprisingly. <laughs> but Cavs fans, you better get a bottle of Pepto-Bismol or some Tums or Rolaids or whatever is your comfort of choice, maybe some liquor, because <laughs> it sounds as if there could be a Kyrie-LeBron reunion in L.A., and if this happens, Cavs fans have every right to be furious because Kyrie single-handedly really halted the Cavs championship window when he asked for the trade. Now, I've on record a million times, I hated the idea of trading him. I didn't think they should have traded him. He had two years left, whatever. Fact is, what prompted that trade was the fact that he went to them and said, I want out. I don't want to play with LeBron anymore. Clearly, he has apparently learned the error of his ways. If he's willing to go back, Lakers could win a championship next year. Kyrie's shelf life with an organization is about 18 months before he's sick of them and they're sick of him. That's all the time that the Lakers need to get LeBron another ring. And I've, I think I said it on this show. I expect him to sign an extension, LeBron, a, a two-year extension this next month, actually, when he's allowed to with L.A. And if he doesn't sign that extension, buckle up and hold on tight because things are going to get really weird. 
But if Le- if Kyrie goes to L.A., the Lakers very much have a chance to win a championship. LeBron's not going anywhere. And Cavs fans have every right to feel slighted and spited because they absolutely could have beaten the Warriors in 2018 had Kyrie Irving stuck around and played. The Warriors were fragile. It was not the same team. They're already showing cracks. I wrote it at the time. I said it at the time. This is not the same Warriors dynasty as we saw the previous year. And it's just unfortunate that it, if it turns out this way, I'm going to feel a little queasy and gross about it. And I think every Cavs fan has a right to as well. I, I don't want to see those two. I love LeBron. I have a great relationship with him, obviously. But I don't want to see those two team up and win a championship for L.A. It just doesn't feel right for Cleveland. I agree. I hope it doesn't happen. but yeah. I think it's going to. I do. Well, then I'll be rooting against them. And I haven't rooted against LeBron. But I'll root against them. I don't want them to win. I guess we're going to have to make this thing three basketballs three in a row. Basketball. Three basketballs in a row. And... and in, in the words of the OG, my OG, Uncle Brad, he, he told us early this year, hey, the chickens is coming home to roost. You see, we just talked about LeBron and Kyrie, and this movement, player empowerment, has been a thing. LeBron ushered in that era of player empowerment, but I will say to a certain extent, LeBron has been wise with his power. He's been, he, he learned his mistake from the decision he realized when you've got great power, it comes with great responsibility. But a lot of these other young cats don't get it. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, they bouncing back and forth telling guys, oh, well, I'm going to leave here and, and James Harden, I might go here. And we, we, but we open to playing together outside of Brooklyn at another place. These owners is giving up all they draft capital. The owners is letting you go and come as you please. Guys is allowed hanging out. Dudes just not showing up to practice. And now they got a thing called player maintenance mm. where you just not even playing. So kids in the, the smaller towns, the you know, Milwaukee's, the Indiana's, in the Charlotte's, you ain't even showing up over there. They just want to see their, their favorite dudes play. But now it don't seem like that's that's the important part of the game. When this collective bargaining agreement come back up, they are going to want to grab back some of that power. I'm going to let y'all know right now. And don't be, don't be alarmed when they all sitting at the table saying, this is what you signed up for. And we said we was going to partner with y'all and get y'all where y'all want to go. But you, you didn't do your part. So now we got to renegotiate. And that's where the chickens is going to come home to roost. Well said, G. A lot of basketball talk. We're going to end that right now. No. <laughs> Enough of your hoops. Nonsense. <laughs> Let's get to the entertainment industry. You know, a few months ago, uh, Ray Liotta passed away, right? A known, uh, an actor who played, of course, in Goodfellas. In the last few days, we've had two other guys that are famous for playing mob roles pass away. First, the great James Conn. I think we got a picture of James Conn. There mm-hmm. he is. James Cotton, known for a lot of roles, including the program, with Showtime Sean Porter mentioned. Of course, famous for being in the movie Elf, which a lot of people saw. Las Brad, Vegas. Brian yeah, Pic- Vegas. Brian Piccolo. That's right. He was on Brian Piccolo. Brian Piccolo, of course. Mm-hmm. Good job out of you, Brad. Another sports movie. And, of course, he was in The Godfather, the original Godfather movie. Uh, James Cotton, I had a, actually had a chance to interview him over the last couple of years on the radio, and he actually broke news on our radio show by saying that they were go- they had all the plans to make an Elf 2 and then something. I don't even remember what happened, but it, it got picked up. Big story. And finally, over the weekend, Paulie Walnuts, Tony Sirico passed away. Did you guys know this? 
Yeah. Did, not. did you guys watch The Sopranos? Yeah. Are you Sopranos watchers? Yes. I'm a Wire guy. I love The Wire, too. <laughs> I'm married to an Italian from Jersey City. Of <laughs> yeah. course I've seen Sopranos. Now, Tony Sirico, who played Paulie Walnuts on The Wire. Sopranos, was actually in the Mafia before becoming an actor. And then he went to jail, and he, you know, left the, the, the life, and he joined the life on TV. Now, there's some people, including people I know, that gets so bothered that people enjoy movies about the mafia, movies and TV shows. I love it. I can't get enough. Documentaries, movies, give me everything. It's a fascinating life that I love to, to, to learn about. But beyond that, guys, The Sopranos, which Tony Sirico, of course, is one of the key characters. James Gandolfini, of course, died a few years ago. The Sopranos changed television, Okay. Before The Sopranos, I mean, there was two other shows on HBO. One called Oz, which was a good show as well, and then uh, Arliss. Yes. But before there were shows on HBO, the only TV shows were on the networks. And most programming on the networks are for cheeseballs, right? They're, they're cheesy. They're, there's no continuation of the storyline. It's Chicago Men and Chicago Fire and Law and & Order and Law and & Order Special Victims Unit. It's cheesy comedies and cheesy dramas. HBO changed the game. Arliss was a good show. Oz was a good show that went off the rails. But Sopranos was a magnificent show. Uh, it had one bad year with, with Tony was in a coma, but we could ignore that year. Uh, then they progressed with The Wire, which along with Breaking Bad to me are the two best shows ever, and Sopranos top three. But it changed TV. Now you have HBO, you have Showtime, you have Netflix, you have Amazon, Disney which are all putting out excellent programming, certainly much better than we're getting on uh, the network TV stations. So farewell to Tony Sirico. He was phenomenal as Paulie Walnuts, and we're never going to see him again. I have to step in like stat boy, yeah. Tony. Uh, uh, bad job out of you, boo. What's are are you forgetting Sex in the City? I mean, was that, that was four Sopranos. I mean, it was one of the biggest shows of all time. You, you showed it was before the Sopranos. Um, it was on at the same time concurrently. Okay. Yeah, but Sopranos one. really changed. I don't know. I, you like Sex in the City? Uh, I didn't say it was great. I just said all the other people said they, it was It, it was hot. popular, but I just feel like Sopranos put really TV shows on premium channels on the map. Right. That was the big one. And in, and in the words of the great Marlo Stanfield, my name is my name. Mm. Okay. The Wire is awesome. Yeah. Does it yeah. feel dated if you watch it now, I wonder? Sopranos, oh, no, no. no the Wire. Classic. By the way, if you like The Wire, there was a it was a mini series on HBO, which of course I can't think of the name now. I'm gonna have to think of it off the air. Whatever. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Jay will be back. Aditi. Aditi will be on. Who else, Mike? It's just Aditi, but we have Jay back. We're gonna do a little Judge Jay, special Judge Jay. Plus, one more reminder: wkyc.com/contest for the Guardians tickets. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Like us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. You're not going to want to miss out on these things. It's the Astros, guys. The Houston Astros. It's a great giveaway. Yes, it so, is. Tomorrow, big show. And Jay, I mean, Bull, excuse me. Yeah. Your best performance yet in the host chair. You think so? Kudos. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we Own the City, by the way, is the name of the the name of the, the show. It also takes place in Baltimore. It's also cops. Okay. And it's like, it feels like The Wire. It's a mini series, six episodes. It's great. Thank you. Mike, thanks for everybody uh, contributing as uh, I got to be in the host chair for a week 
and Jay will be back tomorrow, as I said. Jay, drop Jay, that anchor, up, baby. Uh, rest in peace, uh, <laughs> Stringer Bell. Mm. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.